For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Sadly, one of the most well-known churches in North America is the Westboro Baptist Church. Uh, Westboro Baptist, uh, they, they go in mass to soldiers' funerals, or at least they, they used to anyway. They would go to soldiers' funerals and they would bring placards and pickets and they would, they would protest at soldiers' funerals and, um, and proclaim that the deaths of these soldiers was a result of God's judgment upon the sort of homosexual practice in, in, in the United States. Uh, and they, they came up to protest in Canada as well. And um, Westboro Baptist has become known for hatred and for, for just obscene and, and, and disgusting things that they'll put on signs uh, and declare in God's name. And, uh, and it's become really sad that, that many people associate even our church and, and the church in general with what they see with Westboro Baptist, um, where it's a, a church that's known almost exclusively for what it's vehemently against instead of what they're actually for. Uh, and so uh, we're going to pick up the text here in, in Matthew chapter 12. We're going to start here in verse 1. Uh, At that time, Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath. His disciples were hungry, and they began to pluck heads of grain to eat. Um, the Jewish rules around Sabbath, remember in this day, Sabbath was actually Saturday. Saturday is the seventh day of the week. Um, they were extremely detailed, and it was admitted at one time that the rules for, for, for the Jewish people on Sabbath, the rules, they're like mountains hanging by a hair. Uh, for Scripture is scanty and the rules many. Um, the rules about Sabbath, they come to us from Exodus chapter 20. Uh, Exodus 20, uh, starting here in verse 8, Remember the Sabbath day, keep it holy. Uh, this is the fourth commandment. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh is the Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter or your male servant or your female servant or your livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that is in them and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. That's, uh, that's the Old Testament uh, law, the, the Ten Commandment law on Sabbath. Um, and, and then the, the religious leaders for, for hundreds of years began to ask, well, what is work? What is work? What does work mean? And they began to put together these hundreds of different laws about what could and couldn't be done on the Sabbath. Uh, verse 2. But when the Pharisees saw it, they said to him, look, your disciples are doing what is not lawful to do on the Sabbath. Uh, they're hungry. It's a, it's a Saturday. They're walking through a field and they're picking pieces of grain and eating it. Um, and and this, this would have been uh, considered as reaping. This, the action, it would have fallen under, under the 39 different categories of work that people weren't allowed to do on the Sabbath. And so here the Pharisees see an opportunity to accuse Jesus of breaking the law, of not being this perfect man that he sort of proclaims. Uh, and uh, one of these 39 uh, forbidden pieces of work, picking grain. Um, he said to him, that's Jesus, Have you not read what David did when he was hungry, and those who were with him, how he entered the house of God and ate the bread of the presence, which was not lawful for him to eat, nor for those who were with him, but only for the priests? Uh, so there's a story back in 1 Samuel chapter 21, where David is fleeing from Saul. He's on the run, running for his life, he and his men, and they're starving. They're absolutely famished, they're running, uh, and they come into uh, the tabernacle, and the only food in the tabernacle in that whole area uh, are these, these the sh they're called show bread. They were uh, a ceremonial bread that was laid out. There were 12 loaves in two rows, uh, and they were only for the priests to eat, and they represented Israel and the manna, and they, they were ceremonial loaves. 
And David, in desperation, asked for these loaves, and the priest gave it to them, and they ate. Um, so that, that's the, what Jesus is referring to here. And, and, and the Pharisees wouldn't, uh, wouldn't decry David for this. And so um, he's kind of playing up some of the hypocrisy in, in the attitudes of the Pharisees here. Verse 5, Or have you not read in the law how on the Sabbath the priests in the temple profane the Sabbath and are guiltless? Um, he says the priests, the priests work on the Sabbath, um, but you give them a pass. And so, uh, so it's not as hard and fast of a law as you sort of say it is. The priests are given a pass. Uh, I tell you, something greater than the temple is here. That's verse 6. And he's saying that the reason why the priests get a pass is because they're in service of the temple. Jesus is saying that he is greater than the temple. Claim this, this really audacious claim of authority that he makes. He says, uh, as a result, uh, I have authority over the Sabbath, uh, even more so than the temple. Uh, verse 7, And if you had known what this means, I desire mercy and not sacrifice, you would not have condemned the guiltless. Um, he is quoting Hosea 6.6 6 again. He's done that before already. Um, but he's trying to challenge the Pharisees and their attitudes that, that what God cares more than, than these like multitude of laws to protect the laws, what he cares more about is kindness. What he cares more about is, is service and sacri about sacrificing for others, about meeting needs. Um, and, and there's something deeper. The Pharisees are missing the point. Uh, for the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. Uh, verse 9, he went on from there and entered their synagogue, and a man was there with a withered hand. So it's on the same day, still on the Sabbath. And they asked him, this is the Pharisees, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath so that they might accuse him? Uh, so uh, they, they seek another opportunity to accuse Jesus, to sort of uh, discredit him in the eyes of the people, uh, and perhaps to, um, <laughs> to bring in punishment. And so it's the Sabbath or in the temple, and they see over in the corner there's a man with a withered hand. And so they, they say to Jesus, hey, is it, is it lawful to heal a man on the Sabbath? Um, sort of challenging him. And verse 11, he said to them, Which of you who has a sheep, if it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will not take hold of it uh, and lift it out? So he's cutting again into the actions of the Pharisees and their own hypocrisy, that there are certain things they will do on the Sabbath. And, and they're asking, is it okay to heal a person? And Jesus says, you'll help your own sheep. Um, how much more so is it important to be helping people on the Sabbath? Uh, then he said to the man, stretch out your hand. And the man stretched it out, and it was restored, healthy like the others. The other. But the Pharisees went out and conspired against him how to destroy him. There, I came across a quote this week on this passage. For, for Jesus to have waited until the following day uh, to heal the guy could have easily been interpreted as an admission on his part that the deeds of healing are, after all, wrong when performed on the Sabbath. So Jesus was put in a bit of a corner. Um, but rather than caving into the Pharisees and, and their attempt to trap him, Jesus actually heals the man and he shows compassion. He shows him, he gives him healing. He, he loves this man, even though he realizes it's going to cost him personally. Uh, and the irony here, the great irony is that the Pharisees are plotting to kill Jesus on the Sabbath. And so they're, they're saying you can't pick pieces of grain to eat on the Sabbath and you can't heal someone on the Sabbath, but it's okay for us. Uh, to put together a plot of murder. And so there, there's just irony that's going on under the surface here as well. Uh, the previous story that we saw uh, yesterday, Jesus tells his people that he's come to ease their burdens, that his yoke is easy and light. And here we have an example of the religious burdens that the Pharisees, the religious leaders were putting on people. Um, but Jesus is coming in and he's easing those burdens. It's not about, it's not about sacrifice. It's not about the letter of the law, but it's about love. It's about kindness. It's about compassion. 
Um, and so um, I think what we see is, is that our, our faith is not just about following rules. And, and I know that we know that in our heads, and, and we would, I think we would all agree with that universally, but in the, the, the day-to-day practical working in that out, sometimes I think we think our faith is simply, I am not sinning, and therefore God and I are good. And, and, and that was the Pharisee's kind of faith of, I am not breaking any of the laws that I've set up for myself, that I believe that God cares about, and as long as I'm doing that, then everything else is golden. Um, And Jesus wants to confront that and say, no, there's something more important than just following the letter of the law. There needs to be compassion. There needs to be mercy. There needs to be kindness, love, and generosity. That that actually is more important. Not discounting or dismissing immorality, that we're we're still to pursue that radically, um, shedding off the sin that so easily entangles us and being perfect as their Heavenly Father is perfect, but that Jesus also cares um, that, that we are engaged in people's lives and loving genero- with generosity. Um, there's a story I came across about uh, Dante Alighieri, who wrote uh, Dante's Inferno. So he's a 13th century Italian poet. Um, and one day, uh, Dante was deeply immersed in meditation during a church service. Um, and he failed to kneel at the appropriate moment. His enemies hurried to the bishop and demanded that Dante be punished for his sacrilege. Dante defended himself by saying, If those who accuse me had their eyes and minds on God, as I had, they too would have failed to notice the events around them, and they most certainly would not have noticed what I was doing. Uh, And so it's this, again, this picture of being more concerned about uh, other people living up to these external regulations and law, and less concerned about the main thing, the the priority, which is that relationship between us and God, and then working that that, that out in love towards others. Uh, And so when we come back to Westboro, Westboro Baptist, and in this story, um, are we, uh, as Christians, or are we, as, as a church, are we known more for what we're against or by what we're for? I think it's a challenging question for me personally. Do people see me as a Christian and, 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 and think that it's, it's more about what I'm against, or do they, they look at me and my identity and my faith is more about, oh, gee, Andrew is, is for these things? Andrew's actively pursuing these things, or is Andrew's faith really ultimately about that he's against certain things? Um, The fruit of our faith, the outworking of our faith needs to be blessing others and not just cursing them. I think there's a challenge there for us. Are we known more for what we're for or what we're against? Kindness is an act of worship which far surpasses any song that we will ever sing. And so we need to to change the way I think that we view um, what God really wants from us. Does he want us to decry and rally and protest sin in other people's lives? Or or does he want us focusing on that relationship with him and, and seeing it lived out in acts of kindness towards others? And that's kind of what I see in Jesus' interaction here with the Pharisees. His, his pushback on, on a rule-based religion which defines itself by what it's against, as opposed to Jesus' ministry which was rooted in truth, in holiness, in righteousness, and all those things, but those things worked out primarily in loving other people and showing grace and mercy. Let's pray. Jesus, I thank you that you first have shown us that grace and that mercy. 
God, that uh, we can know you because of the work that you've done. And so help us, God, to be known as a people who are for the things that you are for, love and mercy, kindness, a, a blessing others, showing compassion. Help us to be a people who are known for those things while we remain firmly rooted in the truth of your word, not compromising it in our own lives and the expectations for our own actions, our own behaviors, our own thoughts. God, help us to walk that well. And may your church in North America, God, may it shift away from perhaps the image of Westboro Baptist and be known more for the way that you did ministry and reaching out to others and showing compassion with flexibility and extending mercy and grace. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, hopefully, um, yeah, hopefully that's something that we can, we can wrestle with today. We love you. We're for you. We're with you. Please let us know if there's anything we can do to help. Have a great week.